When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. I had an awesome time in Kansas City visiting with family and friends and giving a speech. Uh, it was an awesome trip. I'm glad to be back to work. Glad we have a fantastic show planned for you today. Steve Kim, Shamika Michelle, Jordan Bowles will be here to talk at the end of the show, talk a little James Harden with us. Uh, we're going to get right into today's show and start pounding this fire starter, and we'll have Shamika come in and fan the flames. Uh, let's get rolling. 14 years ago, Chris Rock made a comedic documentary about black women's obsession with their hair. The doc was called Good Hair. It explored the then $9 billion black hair industry built on straightening, braiding, twisting, coloring, extending, and weaving the hair of black women. The doc insinuated that black women have greatly overemphasized the importance of their hair. They waste hours at the beauty shop. They risk hair and scalp damage to attain a subjective, fluid level of beauty. They foolishly attach their identity to the hairstyle of the moment. Rock's doc politely pointed out the insanity of it all. Over the past decade, American popular culture has aggressively normalized and spread mental illness. So it should come as no surprise that in the years since good hair, black men have joined black women in their hair-brained hair obsession. Cam Newton, the former NFL quarterback, is the poster child for this offshoot of the transgender movement. Matriarchal culture has produced a generation of black men who have adopted the mindset, values, and emotions of black women. Last week, Newton appeared as a guest on NFL insider Josina Anderson's podcast, Undefined. The conversation sounded like an excerpt from the 1990s chick flick, Waiting to Exhale. Anderson provided Newton a platform to argue that his NFL unemployment is directly tied to his hairstyle. Take a listen. I feel like it impacted uh, you getting an NFL job, being accepted by a brand, or um, or just how you're looked upon as you, as far as employment and being the face of an organization. It's been hinted, mm. and it, I'm 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 not changing. Uh, but yeah, people have hinted towards to say like, Cam, we want you to go back to the 2015 clean cut Cam. Mm. But yeah, that was a different me. Like right now where I'm at, it's really embracing, you know, who I am. 
right? But My did children. you ever hear a did you ever hear of a team specifically like when you were vying for you know job, particularly when you you know you came back? Obviously, you ended up with mm -hmm. the Panthers or whatever that um, you heard specifically that might have impacted as far as your look, the dreads, or just your style. No, or you would you would you know you was hints toward it, and you know like I gained a lot of great counsel from a lot of people, right? And the thing that is always mentioned is, yo, Cam, you scaring people with how you look. And I would say, yo, like, I'm not going to name names, but there's other quarterbacks that's in the league that don't look like me, but they got long hair. They don't scare them, do they? You know, so, I mean, we can go tit for tat and tat. For so j just think about this. Cam Newton is complaining because he's hearing whispers that NFL coaches, executives, hey, hey, they want that 2015 Cam Newton. So who was the 2015 Cam Newton? Oh, that was the Cam Newton that was the MVP and played in the Super Bowl. Imagine NFL teams wanting that version of Cam Newton back. Just how racist and unfair. Cam should file a lawsuit claiming NFL owners are aren't obeying the Crown Act, the ridiculous California law that prohibits discrimination based on hairstyle and texture. The law is a bone the Democratic Party has thrown black women because they know hairstyle is a critical issue for black women voters. Some people tie their votes to taxes, immigration policy, abortion. Democrats believe black women vote based on hairstyle options. Cam Newton thinks like a woman. He told Josina Anderson, my hair is deeply rooted in my culture and the people who look like me. Huh. I'm not sure how to accurately describe Newton's hairstyle. He wears dreadlocks that are shaped into spikes that stand straight up. It looks like a clown. He occasionally covers his hair with a Mary Poppins style bonnet. What culture is Cam reflecting? Who originated this culture? Kunta Kente? Frederick Douglass? Booker T. Washington? Martin Luther King? Marcus Garvey? Nelson Mandela? Malcolm X? I mean, who? Maybe it was Madam C.J. Walker, the first black woman millionaire. Walker made a fortune in the early 1900s selling black women petroleum jelly and sulfur to put in their hair. Among athletes and young black men, Cam Newton is not alone in his, in his hair obsession. Many male athletes have adopted the belief that a feminized hairstyle is central to their identity and culture. Men are every bit as obsessed with their looks and modern fashion as women. In an earlier interview with Josina Anderson, Newton and Anderson talked about attending a fashion show in Paris. I think, do we not, do we have that clip? I, I, I asked for the clip of, yeah, let's play that clip of them at the, heard them talking about the fashion show in Paris. Uh, when I was doing my research on this with the help of my team, you were the first NFL female insider. So you're a trailblazer. Thank you. OG. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you get a lot of, a lot of, you only, I don't, think you get your flowers while you Doing can. It. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But 
if it wasn't for Josina, it would be a lot of you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And you know, the last time I saw you, we were in Paris. Mm. Yeah, we did uh, Fashion Week. And you, know, you were in your entire splendor there, doing you, doing you both of us, doing us always, wow. without fear. Yeah. <laughs> without right. fear, dressing, being our total selves. So we're in equal company. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just close your eyes and just you're a wannabe NFL quarterback. You play a hyper masculine game. You, you you want back in the league, and you're chit-chatting with Josina Anderson about a fashion week in Paris. You, you, I mean, this is beauty shop conversation, man. What are we doing? I mean, I I, I, I get it that we like to flirt. We we like to mingle with uh, female sideline Barbies. And Josina Anderson actually uh, broke news and was a legitimate NFL reporter. But Josina Anderson is also someone that has used her sexuality to get really, and I can't knock them, All, most of them do it, and, and, and I, I can't knock them. If, if I was a woman, I'd do the same thing. But. This is what you're doing, Kim. You're, you're sitting around with Josina Anderson, talking about Fashion Week in Paris, and it's, I just don't know how we got here, man. What is going on with us? Pro athletes, particularly black jocks, they dress outrageously and use their stadium and arena entrances to walk the runway as models. It's all supposed to be cool and hip. It's feminine. They've adopted the personalities of women. From NBA star John Morant to NFL star DK Metcalf, black jocks spend an abnormal amount of time coloring their hair. If Cam Newton were still in his playing prime, NFL teams would deal with his desire to be a fashion icon and hair model. But as a backup quarterback, no NFL team wants to deal with the distraction of Cam's childlike feminized identity. No coach wants Cam influencing their starting quarterback to waste time on fashion, dreadlocks, and cornrows. Cam should have played tight end in the NFL. His personality quirks would be accepted. Tight ends are not leaders. They're baby wide receivers, divas in training. The quarterback position is for leaders. Despite all the efforts to emasculate football, the game is still hypermasculine. It's counterproductive to inject a feminized leader with a victim mentality into the quarterback room. Cam is out of the league for the same reason as Colin Kaepernick. Diminished skills made teams reluctant to deal with the victim mindset and obsession with looks and branding. Cam should quit conducting interviews with reporters who will tell him he's a victim makes him look weak. He behaves like someone who folds at the first sign of resistance. The 2015 NFL MVP Cam Newton and the 2010 national champion Cam Newton, the clean-cut Cams, were resilient warriors who fought through adversity and criticism. They were super Cam. Unfortunately, Newton pivoted to supermodel Cam. 
He succumbed to the matriarchal culture promoted across social media. Nobody wants a transgender quarterback. Josina Anderson won't tell Cam that. Only a man will tell Cam the truth. Real men, unfortunately, are in short supply. Cam has a great father from best I can tell and from all that's been reported over the years. But like a lot of young men, he's been overwhelmed by this highly matriarchal culture that we have adopted across America. They're emasculating everybody. It is most acute among us black people where the family structure and father figures have been totally decimated and everybody, everybody, even if you have a father, they've all been influenced by this matriarchal feminized culture. This in obsession with how you look. And I'm not, don't, don't adopt my personality and become some fat person. But this obsession, this over-the-top obsession with fashion and uh, just hair and all. I want to play, we got the clip, I think, of, of James Harden walking into an NBA arena, I think last week, and Barkley and Kenny Smith talking about it. And, and no one, you know, on corporate TV, you can't talk about this stuff. Uh, but, you know, Charles will dance around it. But you can't talk about it honestly. And, and no one wants to sound like an old fuddy-duddy. Everybody wants to sound cool. But these guys are idiots. These guys are idiots. They've turned themselves into runway models for a few coins and to be cool and to see if they can get on magazine covers. Let, do we have the clip of James Harden walking into the arena? Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. But anyway, I'm going to get to, uh, let's, let's roll out to North Carolina, bring Shamika Michelle into the conversation. Shamika, uh, welcome back to the show. Um, I, I want to, I'm going to, I'll just, am I being too hard on Cam Newton and these modern athletes? It, it's, it's, I used to, I can remember when I first got my ear pierced because I thought it was a cool thing. And then I remember getting old just within the last year or two and saying, you know what, I, I, I got to, this thing, this feminization of men has gone so far, I don't want nothing to do with it. Uh, but, but do you see the same thing I'm seeing? Like, are, these guys all want to act like women and be BFF with, with all their girlfriends. Jason, you hit the nail on the head. You are absolutely right. Black men have adopted so much of their being from women. I was actually in the nail salon on Friday with my daughter because she had senior prom. And I have this male suitor who decided, you know, to text me. And he asked what I was doing. I said, I'm in the nail salon with my daughter. She has prom tonight. He responded that sounds like fun. I got my feet done yesterday. And I texted him back and I said, that's gay. Don't ever tell me that again. 
And he responded, there's nothing gay about wanting to get the dead skin off my feet. I stand on them all day. I said, okay, maybe not gay, but I can't see my grandfather making his feet a conversation piece. Like, I'm pretty sure my grandfather got dead skin off his feet. I'm sure at some point he cut his toenails. But I would bet money that my grandfather never was like... (laughs) Yo, what's up, girl? You know, let's talk about the dead skin on my feet. Like, what is it? It's like (laughs) black men want to be bad bitches so bad. And the reason why Josina Anderson couldn't tell Cam, uh, you know, like, talk him down off that ledge is because so many women applaud that type of behavior. And that's why it's like men are, are free to do it. They think it's fine. In the barbershop now, they have the chairs that lay all the way back because men are now getting their eyebrows arched. What in the boy George is going on? And I I remember doing a video about six, seven years talking about the term metrosexual and how men are now wearing the skinny jeans, getting their eyebrows arched squinting in pictures, the lips greased up, glossier than mine. And so many women came to their defense saying, oh, I love it for my man to get groomed. I like a man that takes care of himself. You want a BFF who can also get you pregnant. That's what women want. That's why they are bitching these men out so bad. And men think it's cool. And then when they come to a woman like me and I'm like, that ain't hot. They don't know what to do about it because they're so used to women accepting it. You are absolutely right, Jason. I looked in your comments on a post that you put up, I think maybe earlier this morning, about this femininity of men. And there were women in the comments saying, oh, leave these kids alone. It's 2023. That's the problem. It's 2023 and y'all have men acting like women bffr anybody know what that means like for real so you're you're right and it is not cool women now spend just as much time doing their son's hair as they do their daughter's hair i remember having to sit in my grandmother's kitchen to get my hair done Saturday night for church on Sunday. Now I can talk to some of my female girlfriends. They're spending two and three hours preparing their sons, getting their hair done. I don't understand what's going on and how we can't see it's a problem. It, it I look at it and, and pro athletes have a lot of leisure time and, and, and so I, I somewhat get it. They make a bunch of money, they do little practice, they got a lot of energy. And so they have that much leisure time. I don't have two hours to spare. And again, I know I'm an old person, but when I was young, I didn't have two hours to spare on getting my hair done. And I didn't have, I, wasting all the money to maintain that hairstyle. And, and just even going through the trouble, I can't imagine how, and again, I can only speculate, how uncomfortable it is to sleep with some of these hairstyles these dudes are wearing. I've certainly have been friends and have dated a few women that like, you know, they had to sleep a certain way because they were afraid 
of messing up their hair. That I just paid all this money for and blah, blah, blah. And so they're sleeping halfway up, trying to stay off their hair. And I'm like, what man has time for this and would give away energy for this? <clears throat> it's just baffling and it's, it's just sad. And I, I could sit here and be angry at women but I got to put it on us just because the reason why this is going on is because we're not there in the home with clearly defined roles. And so a single mama is going to share what she knows and is going to train her kids to be an asset for her. To, I got to go to the beauty shop. Well, if I take my son with me, I don't have to get a babysitter. I don't have to bother my mama or grandmama or cousin or Lord pay someone while I'm at the beauty shop. So I might as well get my son in the habit of going to the beauty shop with me. He goes with me when he's five, six years old. And just like any other kid, mama, I want my hair done. Or blah, blah. And, and just it all just builds on top of itself. And you don't even know that you're feminizing your son and he's not going to naturally roll into the role th that he's supposed to play in this earth. And, and it just has so much impact, generational impact because that boy is going to end up no good for the woman that he connects with. He's going to be a mama's boy. It, this, I hate to make this big of a deal about Cam's hair, but it is this big of a deal. Yeah, it is uh, a big deal. I was telling you a couple of weeks ago how I was talking to a daycare worker who said in this time, we really need to consider, uh, be more careful how we are doing our son's hair with them not knowing uh, the difference between a girl and a boy. And you have now little boys coming into daycare with more hair than the little girls. They have two earrings as, as young little boys. So we do have to realize it. And a lot of that does come from the single mothers. But you would be surprised, Jason, how many fathers that are in the home that has relinquished those rights to just allow their wife to tell them what to do about their sons. Sons don't know how to cut grass. They don't know how to change a tire. They are actually getting their nails done. If you're going to brag about your manicure, you better damn well know how to gut a fish or to change a tire or do something. And it's so many men that have bowed to the worship of women that they're in the home and still have these feminine little boys. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on because it makes me sick, but I don't know if this topic makes me, I want to be, I'm going to lay on the confession couch here and treat you as my therapist on this next topic, Tiger Woods and, mm. and what's going on with him and his ex-girlfriend. She wants to sue him, take him to court. She wants money. She's saying that uh, they went <clears throat> from a support. She was working for Tiger Woods to then they engaged in a sexual relationship. So she's saying now that that's sexual harassment and she's entitled to more money and she's, she doesn't have to respect the, 
non-disclosure agreement that they signed originally. I, I, I read this story and I have a couple of different thoughts. One that Tiger, even at damn near 50, still don't know what he's doing with these, with these women. And <laughs> that's one thing. And, and, and then the other thing I think about is just my paranoia in terms of like, oh, Tiger Woods isn't even really, he takes no political stance. He's not really hated by anybody, but he's still a target to be exploited. And then I sit and think about myself and my paranoia and, and you know, it's like, I'm a target, you know. I get in a messy relationship and it's why I've been so, even as a young person, I always knew I was headed for trouble. I always knew that I was going to be a polarizing figure. And, and I never wanted to put someone in the crosshairs in that way. And, and I, it's been the, yeah, I was telling uh, some friends and family this weekend back in Kansas City about, you know, the biggest mistake I made was not getting married and I got so much regret about it. And, but, but it all stems from fear and paranoia. It was like, do I really want to put some woman in the crosshairs that I'm in? Is that fair to them? And then there, there's some you know, other extenuating circumstances that I was afraid of. What would it do to my reputation and all that? But I, I don't know, I'm, I'm of two minds. I'm, I'm disappointed with Tiger, but I'm also just like, man, you got any type of notoriety or whatever, you're so ripe for exploitation. So anyway, I, I don't know if I got a question. I just want your reaction to that. Jason, at, I've told you, you know, being around you can be a little bit difficult. I thought initially when I first met you, even you saying you keep your distance, I thought, okay, this little paranoia is extreme. But a year and some change later and all of the stories that I keep seeing and what I read about Tiger Woods and his girlfriend, I don't have anything to tell you, but these hoes crazy. Like you have to protect yourself. It should not be this hard to get rid of a girlfriend. That's the point of not even getting married. You are supposed to be able to tell this person, get your shit, get your, like Angela Bassett did and get out. <laughs> but this woman doesn't want to leave. Not only does she, did she not want to leave, she then wants to say that there was sexual harassment while she was working for him and then, this, I, I'm, I'm blown away. And yes, I am looking at Tiger like Tiger. I heard white is right, but it's been quite wrong for you. It has not, not worked out for you at all. And so I, I, this Jason, you have got to protect yourself. I don't even lay on the couch, but I don't have anything good and hopeful to tell you, but these women are nuts and you better be be careful, beware, because I've never seen somebody have to go to court and go through this type of drama for not even a long relationship, because I've seen people that are common law married after a certain year, uh, you know, they haven't even been together this long. And now this man is having to be drugged through all of this legal BS over a girlfriend. 
I couldn't do it because when I'm done with you, I need you to be gone. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't ask, you know, don't take my mama to the doctor. Nothing. It's over with. And he is struggling to get to that point. It's it's just there's a way to look at this and say for five, let's say five, they dated five years. What what an incredible experience she got to enjoy, see a bunch of things, travel, be involved in things that are interesting and fascinating. There's that angle is like, hey, look, I know it's rough, it's ending, but look back and be grateful, I guess, is what I'm arguing. I would imagine on her side of the argument would be, yeah, and I got accustomed to that lifestyle. And I was living this way, and I passed up opportunities career-wise uh, to actually, you know, be a good partner to Tiger. And, and so I gave up those five years, and I could have been doing something else that would have advanced me, and I would be in, because this is living with Tiger Woods and all of his millions and dollars, and now I'm kicked to the curb, and what do I have? And, and again, like Tiger's biggest problem from his original mess, not, not th- there's a lot of problems, but one of his problems there is Tiger comes across as cheap. And, and it, it, it seems like there's probably a price tag he could meet with this woman and it wouldn't be this messy. And I think there's an argument that she probably is owed a little something given she put her life on hold, but you t- should she be grateful or should she have some sort of expectations that you know there should be a little golden parachute for me on my way out the door? No, I, I think she should just uh, take the little bag that she came with and be gone. I think as a wife, you would have those expectations. But as a girlfriend, you never put that requirement on him. If it was that serious to you, you would have had this man marry you and make you his wife. I just don't think girlfriends should be entitled to the same things a wife would be entitled to. So no, I don't think she should get anything. I think she should be gone and be grateful for the time that she had to share with Tiger. And I just want to let him know, listen, the white hasn't worked out for you. If you want a black woman that's not going to give you any problems, call me. The only requirement I have though, is you would have to keep that hat on. Keep the hat on at all times. Cause (laughs) I don't know what's quite going on. You're bald, you're not bald. You're Keep the hat on and we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on to uh, another uh, off the beaten path topic. Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, and Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla, two of the richest men in the world, they both attended uh, the Miami Grand Prix this weekend and they were photographed there. The, Two photos were juxtaposed against each other. I picked it up over social media. Let's show the pictures of Jeff Bezos at the Grand Prix and uh, Elon Musk at the Grand Prix. And and who do you prefer here? Who? No, that's not at the Grand Prix. That that that's. I tweeted out a question. This this. That's Jeff Bezos at the Grand Prix. And. 
there, could we just go to my Twitter feed? There we go. That's the picture. There it is. Jeff Bezos up top. Elon Musk at the bottom. Uh, uh, Jeff Bezos looks like he's on a good batch of steroids. Elon Musk looks like a nerd trying to figure out what's going on with race cars. Uh, and I'll let you comment on the fake cans and the very plastic uh, woman that uh, Jeff Bezos is with. Who, who looks best in this picture, Bezos or Musk? You know, initially I chose Musk because of the fake cans. I thought, you know, we had really gone to the teardrop, more natural look, but it looks like she went right in and said, give me the Barbies with extra big nipples. So I, I, I initially chose Musk. But then once I found out she was 53, I then went to Bezos because I'm like, this is the time for old side chicks. You saw Camilla get crowned queen over the weekend. Now Jeff Bezos has a, a, a 50 year old woman with three kids. I then took his side because, hey, shout out to old side chicks. Uh, Y'all doing the darn thing. <laughs> <laughs> that woman is 53. Bezos is well, I'll have to go check and see how old Jeff Bezos is. Uh, I'm still going to go with Elon Musk. I'm, I'm still going to go with Elon Musk just because Bezos is 59 years old. So I, I'm just 59. Uh, Elijah Muhammad had a saying, half your age plus seven. So that, that is 25 plus 32 is what, uh, and particularly as a billionaire, he should certainly, you know, have something 32 to 35-ish, maybe 40 at the top end. Uh, that, that's, uh, so I'm gonna go with Elon Musk. Uh, but I, I did not know the woman was 53. I was thinking she might have been 45-ish or whatever, but I, 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 I get your side of it as well. He, he, he kept it real, 53. He's not out robbing the cradle. Mm -hmm. 128 million though. There's better 53 yeah, year olds. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought he would have gotten a younger woman too. I was shocked when I saw the picture. I could tell she was older and that she had been in the chair for some Botox and fillers and all kind of plastic. <laughs> but then when I looked more into it, I said, well, I'm going to give him his props for sticking with somebody around his age. I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna keep it all the way real here, and I shouldn't, but the old me, the very old me, the years ago, I have uh, those cans that she's wearing, there's better versions that you know I've paid for, and if I could pay for better versions of that, Jeff Bezos can pay for better versions of that. I totally agree. I, first of all, I thought you, you struck me as the type that would have paid for a pair, but I agree. I thought we had moved to the teardrop, soft, nice, feminine, real-looking ones. I hadn't seen those brands since, like, the 90s. So I totally agree yeah. with you. <laughs> well, I, I don't – I'm going to have to ask you all fair if that's a shot or not that I look like the type that uh, has <laughs> – <laughs> but I'm, I'm very transparent on this show. I'm, I'm sorry I got to tell that. Thank you, Shamika. Thank you. Thank you. And 
we got to move on. And look, I'm telling you guys about the old me so that I can tell you about the new me. And the new me has partnered with Covenant Eyes. Uh, I want to start by reading you something from James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so as you watch me on this show, I'm constantly talking about my past in the world. I'm constantly talking about my failures. I constantly talk about the things that I feel I've done wrong. One of them, again, I've been very clear, not prioritizing marriage and family, living out in the world, uh, involving myself in surface level relationships, in, in a lifestyle, choosing that over the more substantive things that were placed in front of me by God that were meant for me. And part of that was distraction, was being controlled by lust and pleasure and being involved with and dealing with pornography. And that's part of the reason why Covenant Eyes is such a great app, device. It's something that can help you make better decisions about how you use the internet. With Covenant Eyes, you invite someone you know and trust to hold you accountable as your ally. The Covenant Eyes app tracks activity on your devices. The Victory app shares your activity feed right to your ally's phone. When you allow someone to see how you're using your devices, the internet, it changes how you use the internet. Together, these powerful tools bring honesty and transparency to your accountability relationships. $17 a month or $184 annually covers up to 10 users on unlimited devices. Use my promo code FEARLESS for a free 30-day trial. The superhighway for information, the internet, needs a seatbelt. Covenant Eyes protects you, your family, your relationship with God, and all other travelers. Surf the internet smart. Buckle up with Covenant Eyes. I've done it. I use it. It's on this laptop. It's on my cell phones. Everybody should be using it, whether you need it or not. I don't need it the way that I used to, but I certainly have it as a seatbelt. It's like getting in a car. When you go on the internet, it's a very dangerous place. The devil is sitting there waiting to tempt you back into a lifestyle or to tempt you into a lifestyle that takes you away from God and takes you away from the things that are good for you. Get yourself some covenant eyes. I've got it. We all need it. It's a great app. Use my promo code FEARLESS. Thank you, guys. Uh, you can email me and us, fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Steve Kim, next. It's my obligation, no hate, discrimination, raising up your hands for freedom. All right, welcome back. Time for my least favorite part of the show, your favorite part of the show. Time to bring in the Korean co-sell from Los Angeles, Steve Kim. Uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, you, Shamika and I just talking about uh, Supercam, 
who's turned into a supermodel, and he's blaming his hairstyle uh, for keeping him out of the league. It's not the hair, it's the mindset, in my opinion, that the hair indicates that's keeping him out of the league. What do you think about Cam's hairdo and its role in him not being on an NFL roster? Uh, first of all, good Monday to everyone out there and you too, Mr. Whitlock. Yeah, it, it has nothing to do with him throwing more bounce passes than Steph Curry. I, that, that has nothing to do with it, right? <laughs> and this is about evolution and age and knowing your place in time. And, and the bottom line is his style of quarterbacking and his overall skill have not evolved. It did not age well. We saw the apex in 2015. He was by far the most valuable player. And I know you were a big fan. I was a big fan. And he had a historic year. And look, he is a template for the modern-day quarterback in a lot of ways, except that there was a relatively quick physical erosion. And it got me to thinking, like, what, what is the analogy here? You know what it is? At his age and his time and place in life and the role that he expects to play and what he once was, he's the quarterback version of Ebony Williams. And he is not willing to date a bus driver. I'm being dead serious about it. At one time... <laughs> He was a franchise dime piece, right? Everyone wanted him. He was the hot quarterback on the block. I mean, he was state-of-the-art. You turn a certain age, you kind of hit that wall, and your options become limited. Because the difference is, and they say this about men and women, women can age like milk. They don't hit that treadmill in the squat rack. So women, please, do that liberally. Men, if we take care of ourselves and evolve... We can age like wine. Let's be very honest about this. Cam Newton at one time was state-of-the-art, but unfortunately, he has aged like milk. Wow. I just, mm. just see you got him at a 25 approval rating. Uh, current, I don't, current, I don't yeah. think I have him much higher. We both got him as a dumpster fire. It, it's, it's over for Cam Newton. Yeah, I got him at 36, not much better, yeah. but... It's over for Cam Newton, but but Steve, I, I don't. Not that you're dodging, I, but I do want you to address. He's constantly portraying himself in recent years as a victim, yeah. and that victim mentality doesn't play well in the quarterback room. It's a leadership no. position, and leaders don't see themselves as victims. Well, look, if he was throwing for forty-five hundred yards rushing for another 500 and accounting and producing 45 to 50 touchdowns, we would listen to him. He's a visionary. He's a leader. Uh, this current state with that production, he's a malcontent. Again, your production will determine how much the other baggage will be accepted. But also in terms of the hair, let's get back to the, the role that the hair plays. Jason, go back to a week ago, and you even talked about it. You wrote about it. A lot of the guys that were man-hugging uh, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, they had long hair. They had different styles of hair. I don't know what you call them. Kind of, I don't know if they're cornrows, but they're braids. And, you know, it's interesting. Over the weekend, I happened to DVR something on the NBA Network. No, not the playoffs, okay? But I saw a documentary called Ready or Not about the 95-96 draft class, which top to bottom makes a strong argument for being the greatest of all time. And the one thing that was noticeable, after, you know, and I kind of thought about what we were talking about last week, Jason, every single one of those guys had short hair, short cropped haircuts. 
wasn't that long ago. And now – Give me some names. Who are you talking about? Give me Allen some names. Allen Iverson, Ray Allen, Kerry Kittle, some kid named Kobe Bean Bryant out of Lower Marion. Every single – even Ben Wallace had a very short haircut coming out of Virginia Union. Look at those photos with David Stern back then. None of them had that hairstyle. But now you fast forward to 2023 and beyond – Everyone has a similar hairstyle for the most part. So for Cam Newton to say it's my hair keeping me out, well, based on what the NFL just drafted very high and is paying very lucratively, I, that, that's, that's just really, to me, a very, very weak argument. All right. The 96 draft, I believe you said 95. 95 it's the 96, 96 draft. draft. Yeah. yeah. Allen Iverson. Marcus Camby, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Stephon Marbury, Ray Allen, Antoine Walker, Lorenzen Wright, Kerry Kittle, Samari Walker, Eric Damper, Todd Fu Oh, my God. Kobe Bryant went 13th. Yes. Peja Stoakovich went 14th. Steve Nash went 15th. Oh my, I mean, that middle three section there is better than the first three. Allen Iverson is the only keeper out of Jermaine O'Neal's in that draft. Huh. Sir, Sir Julius Ogalskis. It's a Derek Fisher's in that first round. Yeah. Mm. That look, that's not better than the 1983 draft, or is it was it an 83 84. or 80, 84? Yeah, the 80. That's not better than you're not putting that on the same level as the 84 huh. draft, in are you? The overall depth, I think there's actually an argument because a guy like Ben Wallace wasn't even drafted. He was part of that class, and he had a great career. But again, let's go back to the original point. When I watched that documentary, it was really interesting. Everyone on that buzz cut, you know, we've all been to the barber or the hairstylist. All of those guys are at the two or the one. I mean, it was they weren't even doing the high top fade. They were not looking like Big Daddy Kane and Scoop and Scrap Lover. I mean, it was really shaved down. Now it's just the opposite. Nowadays, when I see a young athlete with a haircut more like yours, Jason, I'm like, wow. Okay. It, it, now that's the anomaly. So for Cam to say that my hairstyle is keeping me out of the league? I don't think so. The problem is, Cam, and you know I, I'm a fan of yours, right now you bring more luggage and baggage than LAX. It doesn't work as a backup. He's Colin Kaepernick. He's a different version of Colin yeah. Kaepernick. Yeah. Guy obsessed with his hair, obsessed with whining, and people are like, man, you're not good enough. You know, if you were... Still Super Bowl Cam or Super Bowl Colin Kaepernick, we, we take a flyer on you, but he's, he's just not good enough. Nope, he's not. And unfortunately, this is just an opinion. He still, still sees himself as a frontline starter. And I, I think it's obvious. Look, is he probably one of the best 65 quarterbacks on earth? I don't think there's any doubt. Could he be a starter in terms of being a bridge to the next franchise quarterback? In other words, he's the guy that holds it down for a season or two, gives you decent play. It's going to be up and down. There's going to be highs and their lows. But that team realizes to get to where we want to go, it's going to be the next quarterback we draft. That's what Cam would be good at. But again, he still sees himself as a 25-year-old Ebony Williams. And unfortunately... He's not 25 anymore, and neither is Ebony Williams. So what, what do you think of my contention that all this obsession with hair Ugh, has a lot I mean, to do with just the feminization of athletes, and well, particularly black athletes? 
I, look, when I watch highlight films from the 70s and 80s and 90s, which I do a lot, because quite frankly, it, to me, it's a more fun, better era of sports. It, it's really interesting to see the hairstyles and also how these guys present themselves, the enunciation of words, their presentation, their diction. Uh, let me just put it to you this, this way. When I look at athletes today, I really think to myself, have we come forward as a society and a culture or have we gone backwards? Again, people are going to be upset at me saying it, but look at how the athletes like Dr. J in that era and beyond, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, handled themselves and even that 96 draft class to now. It is a stark difference. You can make an argument if it's better or worse. My argument is, hey, it's just different. All right, I want to move on to baseball, something we rarely talk about on this show. Oh, uh, but but we, I think uh, the guy's name is Glenn Kuyper. He's the yeah. uh, broadcaster for the Oakland Athletics. He was in Kansas City where I was this weekend, and uh, he went and visited the Negro Leagues Museum. And, uh, what'd you say? What'd you say? Uh, the Negro you Museum oh, okay. is what I said. Negro Leagues. Yeah, Negro okay. Leagues. Yeah. Okay. And look, Bobby Kendrick, who runs the Negro Leagues, longtime friend of mine, put out a very nice statement. Dave Stewart, the, the former oh. picked major yep. league pitcher for the Oakland A's, put out a nice statement. But Glenn Kuyper, do we have let's play the clip of do we have let let's oh do we have the apology or do we have the actual r- racial slur? Do we do we have the clip of him of what he said? Can we can we play the clip? Yeah, play the clip of him screwing up on air, and then we'll go from there. We had a phenomenal day today. Nigger League Museum and Arthur Bryant's Barbecue. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that looks like a clip from Anchorman or some comedy. That's an SNL skit. <laughs> I mean... I, I, should, I, I What in the name of Buck Neal is going on? Um, <laughs> I have a few tips for you white folks, you, you Glacier Glider announcers out there, because I think you guys have a very tough job. Everything you say is scrutinized. It's under a microphone. You can't have one slip up or everyone wants your job. This seems harsh, but from now on, if you're a white guy, don't even say any words that begin with N. So don't ever say Neanderthal, Income <laughs> Poop, Ninja. That's really National cool. League. National League. Just say National NL. League. Yeah, just say just say the uh, senior <laughs> circuit. Also, if someone even yeah. asks, asks you a yes or no question, just say if you're gonna say yes, say yes. If you want to say no, just say uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah, or shake your head. Don't even say anything. In fact, now and if you visit that museum, call it the museum don't just everyone will know what you're talking about <laughs> just stay away from the ends i want you to keep your jobs you guys have worked hard i'm just it's just like when i heard that i was like oh boy he's gonna get it he's gonna get it but again certain words anything with an n just it's a no fly zone for you white guys just don't do it don't do it keep your jobs let's play his on-air apology is this good enough to keep his job Welcome back to Kauffman. Welcome back to Kauffman Stadium. I just wanted to, a little bit earlier in the show, I said something didn't come out quite the way I wanted it to. 
um, and I just wanted to apologize if if it uh, if it sounded different than I meant it to be said. And like I said, I just wanted to apologize for that. I, I don't. I just. I pro- I would have quit on the spot. I think. I don't know if I would have come back out there. I was just, I, hey, you guys got to handle this. I, I Jason, I'm you want to talk about a vast understatement? You know, that didn't come out the way I wanted it to. I'm like, and, and, and this comes on the heels of some guy at Barstool named is Mincy got fired because he was, he said some rap lyrics. Again, some more yeah. advice to you white guys out there. Hey, guys, don't ever do anything like that. It's not funny. You're taking too much risk. I don't care if you're singing along with any song. You're going to get fired. And, and by the way, I don't feel a lot of sympathy for white guys that do that and get fired. If you are that dense and do not know the lay of the land, if you cannot read the temperature of the room of America and understand, as a white guy, or specifically anyone that's not black, you cannot say that word in any context or form. You are playing Russian roulette. So if, if someone just say, hey, Steve, I want you to read these rap lyrics, I'd get the phone. I'd say, no, I'm not. No, give me Elvis Presley. Uh, give me Lionel Richie. I'm not doing any hip-hop because anyone can just drop that N-bomb. And I'll, oh, too late. Too late. I'm out. So, again, for Kai, I hope he keeps his job. By the way, i got to ask you, since you're in Kansas City for many oh, years. Oh, hold on. Hold on. That, that's where I was going. That's, yeah. that's where I was going. You think he should keep his job? I do, but he probably won't. I, I, you know the way. He's you know been the suspended way indefinitely. Yeah, you look. I, listen, if I, if I, 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 I don't think. I don't think what he did had any malice, but I think he has dirtied up his brand enough that I'm not sure he should keep his job, and particularly not this year, because all anybody can think about is that video and how stupid he sounded. And so I don't have a problem if the A's are like, you know what, buddy? Deuces. I I can't have people listening to the game and thinking about you and the Negro Leagues Museum. Uh, I I don't have a problem if they let him go. So in other words, when the athletics moved to Las Vegas, you would leave Kuiper in Oakland. Okay, just leave him there at that old stadium of theirs. I mean, geez, it's really a shame that a museum like that, which I've donated to in the past, I used to get all the paraphernalia. Um, and I, did you ever know Buck O'Neill? You must have met him, right? Of course. I mean, what a of great course. American. No, we were friends. What a great, I, I just thought of Buck he O'Neill. He wrote the like, forward to my book. Yeah, Buck O'Neill told one of the great stories ever. He's in Kansas City. Hey, and buying, yeah, uh, Christian. No, keep talking, Steve. Yeah, See, so I wanted Christian to grab this book over here. He said he was, uh, it was in Kansas City, and he's just during batting practice, he's talking to a gentleman. All of a sudden, he goes, excuse me, excuse me. I got, I heard something. So he runs over to the batting cage, and it was Bo Jackson hitting like 800-foot home runs. And he, they said, well, what did you hear? He goes, you know, I heard that sound from the bat of Bo Jackson. I've only heard that twice in my life. Josh Gibson and Babe Ruth. The guy had a 1,000 stories. Like, I could literally listen to that guy. For hours at a time, and it's really a shame. This is how we now come back to talking about um, the museum. It's a damn shame. <laughs> the museum. Well, uh, this is Steve. I don't know if you have a copy of this, Jason oh, wow. Whitlock. Love. It's a collection of my columns 
for my first 10 years in Kansas City with an introduction by uh, Buffalo. I, I would Neal. like to read that. This is a collector's I would like item. To, and I, I would yeah. like to read that. And you know what? You are half the man you used to be based on that cover. Oh, you think so? Do I, yeah. You guys, are, do, I, do I look? Uh, yeah. At Brown, I'm wearing a UPS uh, custom made uh, business deliver. suit. Uh, well, you deliver. You deliver. You deliver. Yeah. On the back, I'm wearing a Ball State jersey. Okay. Uh, and I'm trying to think of who all. Yep. Mike Lupica wrote something for the jacket. He no, can't stand me anymore. That book must have been uh, written. Oh, Ollie geez. Gates. Oh, Dr. Rich, Dr. Richard Lapchick is the first quote. Oh, He's so woke. Yeah. Well, you know, so, yeah, Lupica's a big left-wing guy. Two guys, John Saunders and Bill Conlon, they're both dead. Yeah, Before, right. I love John Saunders, and Bill Conlon had some issues. We'll yeah. get into that. But anyway, <laughs> all right, let, let me keep it moving. Let me keep it moving. Uh, yep. Tiger Woods is jammed up with his new ex-girlfriend. Uh, she's claiming that she was sexually harassed at the beginning of their relationship because I think she worked at some restaurant that Tiger owned or in some kind of management position, and she was some kind of subordinate, and their relationship started with her working for him. So now she's saying she's sexually harassed. She signed some non-disclosure agreement that should keep this out of the public and keep it out of a public trial. She wants it in public. She's trying to shame Tiger Woods. This is all fascinating for me because it it further fuels my paranoia that that Tiger Woods is, you know, a tramp and a whore, but he's basically somewhat seen as a nice guy. Wow. I'm seen as someone who you know, the left can't wait to tear down. And this is like, this fuels my paranoia. Like, my God, you get in a relationship and everything you say can and will be used against you in the court of public opinion. Here's Tiger Woods paying the price once again. Your thoughts. All right. Now, you know, I'm not a Tiger Woods fan. In fact, I think me and you, we have very few stark disagreements. Our opinions of Tiger Woods are probably among the very darkest differences that we have. But I'm going to say this in his behalf, and I have some I have some sound advice, the Kempster. Um, This is a shakedown, okay? I'm not a lawyer. I know I may be out of touch here, but this is a complete shakedown. Let me get this straight. She was so disgusted by being sexually harassed, she ended up shacking up with him. Really? Really? <laughs> so you don't call Gloria Allred when you're being sexually harassed, but then it becomes an issue after they break up, he puts you on unconditional waivers and you don't want to move out. This is a complete shakedown. Now, with that said, Woods, he now, the relationships, he's not good at them. There's a common denominator, which is him and some other things. He now needs to become, and I hate to say it, I know I'm going to offend part of this audience, but I've got to be as honest as I can be. He's now got to become tender woods. Just swipe left, swipe right, swipe left, swipe. The relationships are not working for you, or either just get your passport and just travel, but relationships are not for you. The other thing that I've noticed about Eldrick, he seems to like the light-skinned woman, the glacier glider. Tiger, 
Snow bunnies. Yes, he's never gone to the sister. You may want, you've never gone black. <laughs> Maybe you should go back. Or, or your mother was Asian. <laughs> try, to, try to get a crouching tiger. They're kind of submissive. They're a little bit nicer. But you know what? It's obvious to me he's not meant to be in a long-term relationship. He tried the marriage thing. He tried the other thing. So, again, Tinder Woods. Lindsey Vaughn. Yeah, just come on. It doesn't work. But, again, in this particular case, I am Team Tiger. He is getting shook down. And another thing I would do, because we talked about the Manosphere, Tiger, some friendly advice, some more. Go subscribe to Coach Greg Adams. He will tell you how a man of your stature should handle your relationship. But that's all I have. Shakedown, though. Total shakedown. Steve, I don't know whether to be offended or... uh, Go ahead. I don't know, embarrassed about your your attack. The Tiger has a sweet tooth. Uh, for snowflakes, but it's uh, fine. You know, I. <laughs> it's not working. It's not working. Look at the way it ends. I can't believe your approval score. There's a 20 point difference in our approval score of Tiger Woods. This is one of the all time great golfers of all of ever. Oh, Only yeah. Jack Nicklaus oh. has ever been better. And you got the guy at a 50. How can an all? How can a goat be a 50? I'm coming off a recent performance. Now, if this is more along old time, his job performance would be close to 25. But again, me and you, we have a stark difference of opinion on Tiger Woods. I never got the fascination. Uh, I think for most of his career, he's been very aloof. He was great. He was great. But was he really the was he really a slice of America that we could all enjoy and like, like an Arnold Palmer? Or the bear, Jack Nicholas. I've never watched golf. I've only watched one round of golf in my life, and I only watched like the last seven holes. It was Jack Nicholas at the '86 Masters when he made that unbelievable run, and it was that was actually whoa, 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 whoa. Anything whoa. else I didn't care about. You never watched Tiger Woods. Not a single hole. Never cared. I'm being dead serious. I didn't understand the fascination with the Camblin Asian. I really didn't. I thought he was unlikable. I thought he was a beige spot on a You're beige You're a sports ball. fan. That was sports history. Yeah, and that's golf. Yeah, I like sports, and that's golf. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> you want my opinion? Uh, there it is. <laughs> I got your opinion. I got your opinion. Uh, hey, guess who's going to be on the uh, SI Swimsuit Edition? Are you, are you aware of this? Who's going to be in the SI Swimsuit Edition? The Power Your girl, Angel Reese. Angel Reese. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of have an issue yeah, with that. Kind, kind of have an issue you with do? that. You know, now we can see her. Now now we can all see her uh, in a bikini. Um, you know, she's a very attractive young lady. And I know me and you, I, I know you think basically she's basically a prettier she's version. She's six foot three, Steve. So she's statuesque. So what? Uh, would you rather have her be 5'4"? Um, you know, like... Love 5'4". That's my sweet spot, actually. It depends on the distribution of the weight. That's the thing. Here's the thing. She's, she's an attractive lady, but I'm going to say one thing. And, uh, again, I might get myself in trouble, but I'm going to be honest about it, and I say that as respectfully as possible. I've been seeing some stuff on Twitter on this gymnast that goes to LSU. I think her name is Olivia Dunn. I want to say respectfully... Olivia Dunn now 
I think is the greatest LSU athlete I've ever seen. Not Joe Burrow, not Shaq, not Pete Maravich, not John Hotplate Williams, not Stanley Roberts, not Chris Jackson, not Odell Beckham. Olivia Dunn, she should be on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover. That's my wish. But again, she's looking pretty good. And But what didn't she make some comment that, oh, I wish we would have got more attention for actually winning the title? Well, yeah. Angel, you did all about yourself. We're going to play that clip. If you'd let yeah, me, okay. if you wouldn't, if you'd stop taking over the show, let's play the clip. She's talking with Jennifer Hudson, a couple of her teammates there. Let's play the clip. Angel. Now, everyone's seen a clip of you and Caitlin Clark on the court. How, right? How was it to watch the teams win be overshadowed by that moment? <laughs> it was frustrating. I mean, but to see how much we've grown women's basketball over the couple weeks, I mean, 9.9 million people watched the game. That's more than the men's. So I know, like, one day we're going down in the history books. Yes. So it's bigger than me. I mean, I'm so happy that we won the championship. And, I mean, I wish it was more talked about. And as much as we talked about the Caitlin situation, I want the national championship because we work just as hard. Yes. We work, we put a lot of sweat, tears into that championship. And people don't realize that. It's not, it's not easy to win a championship. Right. So just to be able to do that and then it's, it's the best of the words. I'm happy that the situation happened, but at the same time, I'm a national champion and, I, and I'm getting a ring. Yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate situation. I mean, it's racism is why they focused on me taunting Caitlin Clark and not giving us our flowers as national champion. I'm telling you, I, I, I would bet Kim Mulkey and her teammates have trashed her for overshadowing everything. Her taunting overshadowed what the team accomplished, and I guarantee you she's taken a bunch of backlash inside the locker room, and that's why she said that. Jason, am I wrong? But looking at her two teammates to the side, if they had thought bubbles like the cart, like the comic strips, I think it would have said, "This bish, this bish here." I mean, on the right. I mean, I guess I'm just smiling there. But I guarantee you that those two girls next to her are like, "What? Excuse me?" You, and she said, "I'm a. Na- aren't we a national title? Because T E A M together, everyone achieves more." But myself, I make the Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover. I don't know. I just She is about herself. She's trying to go cliche 101, but congratulations to her. Your 15 minutes of fame is now a half hour. Congratulations. Well, she's going to be on the cover of, of Sports Illustrated, or she's going to be in the swimsuit edition. I, I'm going to say something that's likely to get me in trouble, but that's what I'm known for. They call the show Fearless. I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to be, I'm okay. just being honest. You, you, you made that comment about five foot four or five foot five women. Yeah. And, and I'm saying it sincerely. Because of this transgender era that we're in, oh, no. I'm suspicious of anybody over six feet. Oh, I mean, I'm just, oh, I'm checking oh. Adam's apples. <laughs> That is, oh boy, that is so wrong. That is so wrong. That's that's what short women are in style now. You can trust them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I bet bet you that Dylan Romani is probably like six feet tall. Anyway, let me let me leave it alone before I get myself in more trouble. I want to yeah. keep moving. Nikolai Jokic, 
they're saying he shoved, he bumped. The, I think the son's owner's name's Matt Ishba. Let's play the clip. Are, are they making too much of, of this? I think they are, but let, let's play the clip. Hard to believe he'll be gone. It's going to be strange to walk into this building and not see his smiling face as Phoenix turns it over. And boy, Jokic, a little bit of contact. Boy, that potentially could get dangerous. Hmm. Not sure if we played the absolute best angle, but the, the owner, who looks like a fan, is holding the basketball. Jokic goes over and tries to snatch the ball away. And you see the owner's fan's arm pops up. And Jokic gives him a little elbow, and the owner over exact. He flopped. He pulled a LeBron James and flopped. They teed up Jokic. Some people, to me, to me, if this guy wasn't a billionaire owner, if he were just a fan, the media coverage of this would be demanding that that fan be thrown out of the arena, never brought back in. But because he's an elite, now it's Jokic is the worst person in the world. Uh, Jokic probably didn't well, handle it well, but out. he's in a game, he's competing. I Jokic blame you on Jokic also Russian. He's not a victim class. And that, 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 that owner, he flopped worse than Vladi Divac. Give me a break. I, I'd be embarrassed. Could you imagine some guy trying to do that to Charles Oakley? I, I, I mean, honestly, it, or Xavier McDaniel or an Anthony Mason. Uh, he got very lucky that Jokic is a civilized man, uh, a man of peace, a pacifist, if you will, in the post. Um, I just, there should be nothing that happens to Jokic I don't understand why the guy was so demonstrative. My God, the ball's out of bounds. It's not like international basketball. In that game, basically, when you get the ball, you can inbound it. Last I checked in the NBA, that ball still has to be checked in and whistled in by the referee. So I'm not exactly so sure why there was such a rush to get the basketball. You're not going to all of a sudden go up tempo without the other team not being ready. Um, I, I didn't get it, but... That, I that wanted owner. to fact check you. I wanted to fact check you. Jokic is Serbian. Oh, not Serbian. Russian. Yeah, they're the same thing. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I get it. But he's still not in the victim <laughs> class. So they're not going to make a big deal. I remember the owner for the Utah Jazz. He used to be this demonstrative, really fiery guy by the name of Larry Miller. I don't know if you remember him. But that guy was always barking yeah, at players. And I kind of liked him because he acted like an everyday fan. But I always was surprised that some guy just didn't pop him right in the mouth. And it would have been great because I hated that jazz era of basketball. Uh, but this guy, that looks wimpy. Good grief. Stay on your feet. Jeez. Terrible. Yeah, it total acting job. This is a nothing burger that they're trying to turn into something. I'm not riding with them. Joke has dropped 53 points yesterday. Yes. I mean, the and guy an played his tail off. They and lost an <laughs> lost, yeah, 53 in the owner. They lost to the Suns. But anyway, Steve, that's it and that's all for you. Uh, good job. I'm going to let you go. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, get your Fearless Army swag at shopblazemedia.com slash fearless. Jordan Bowles, next. All right, welcome back. Going to end the show. Uh, 
putting a little button on the show, talking a little NBA action with Jordan Bowles. James Harden dropped 42 last night on the, uh, in the Sixers' victory over the Boston Celtics. Harden hit the game-winning three-pointer. He had played awful the previous two games. Last night, he goes 16 to 23, drops 42. Pre-game show I was watching where, you know, basically Stephen A. Smith, Jalen Rose, Mike Wilbon, they're taking a major dump on James Harden, and he deserved it. He played awful the two previous games. Harden comes back with a monster game, a monster game. One of the, yeah. I don't know if you could play any better <laughs> than what he played last night, which kind of blows up the narrative. Is he worthless? No, he's not worthless. He just needs to be focused and on his game. Uh, Jordan Bowles, who watches uh, the NBA for us and hops on the approval app. Uh, Jordan, welcome back to the show. Uh, was that the real? Was that the real James Harden last night? Can we expect more of that the rest of this series or the rest uh, of these I'd playoffs say- even? That was a great version of James Harden that we have seen before. Can we expect it for the rest of the series? I don't know. He's uh, very inconsistent. Uh, And guys like Russell Westbrook are also very inconsistent as well. Uh, So to say that, can we expect it for the rest of the series? I don't think so. Uh, But we know that James is very capable of doing this. He did it for years and years on end before he went to play with KD and Kyrie, and that exploded. Uh, then he came, he goes to Philly and has some up and down year, but uh, I think he's at 22 and 11 on the season, and he came in hot game one of this series, and then his game went into the toilet and flushed all over Philly. Uh, and he comes back this, this last game with a great, great performance. I think James just has to be James and comes into these games sometimes and he's worried about different narratives. I got to get the ball to Joel. I think he just needs to get his buckets. And as we see, Joel had 34 last night. Uh, Joel get his. So I think James needs to worry less about everybody else and just get his buckets too. The inconsistency that we see from James Harden, what is that rooted in? I think it's because he's never been in great shape. He's been a great NBA player, but I've never seen him, I believe, in great shape. And I think that's why, he, in his older age, he's become inconsistent. Uh, I can agree with that. I'd say back in 2018 when he was on. I mean, he was on fire. One of the best offensive shows uh, the league has ever seen. He was in, he was in pretty great shape then. Uh, there's a lot of great pictures of him out there. He's got, you know, nice muscle tone and things like that. Then he came in a couple years later. Once he wants to get out of Houston, he came in a few games. He looked like he was a little overweight, like fat, like bad, very bad weight. And he just looked slow, couldn't get up and down the floor. And he was never a great defender, but then a horrible defender. Uh, and even games this season, he looked like he came in fat. And then like a week later, he'd come in in shape. James Harden's a very weird character, but I also think the inconsistency roots from some distraction. James Harden loves to go to the club, and he stays in the club. He was in Vegas before this series. Uh, he was in the club a few nights ago, and I can almost guarantee he was in the club last night. So uh, he, he stays in the club, and I think that's a, a big distraction for him as well. 
Who do you think wins the series? It's tied 2-2 at this point. Uh, I like the Celtics to take the series, in all honesty. Al Horford, a senior citizen at this point of his career, is locking down Joel Embiid. I don't know what Al Horford's taking. He's taking something. Uh, he said Embiid had 34 last night. But he was he was shut down in the second half. He, he actually was shut down majority of the game. I think he shot 14% in specific in the fourth quarter, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Al Horford shut down Joel Embiid bad. So you like the Celtics. Thank you, Jordan. We'll talk to you later this week. Hopefully, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. The Warriors aren't putting up more of a fight uh, with the Golden State Warriors, but we'll see if that changes. All right. That's it. That's all. We'll play tomorrow, and we'll see you tomorrow. Waiting for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, nothing in line like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my system, no relation, we all just want to have freedom. Sitting on the corner, never been alone, I'm breaking my back for freedom. Bless, we are living, get back, we are receiving all the seed when we all want to be free. We want freedom. I just want, I want to be, I just want.